Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Big Dog live in studio with the coach today. A rare moment in time, a rare treat. Big Dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. One of our final football Fridays of the season. Big Dog, we started some 16, 17 weeks ago battling through the wars, the travails of the National Football League season. The scars are here, the injuries, the mental and physical fatigue. But we have come, my friend. We have come to the final week of the National Football League season. How's your hamstring? Uh, my hamstrings are fine, Coach. <laughs> my heart is aching a little bit. It was definitely a tough year. That's a hell of a country music song. My hamstrings are fine, but my heart be aching. A little bit. That's not bad. Okay, Coach. Uh, I am a little bit country. <laughs> and you were country before country wasn't cool. So says Barbara Mandrell. If you say so, Coach. <laughs> Will you kick... Uh, what, is it throwing you off that I'm in studio? Yeah, a little bit. Little David Olson's all happy I'm in here, and now you're blowing it. Okay, David, Coach? David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass. Big dog and the coach. Your phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. Why is your heart aching? I guess I don't need to ask you. You're a Bears fan. Yeah, well, when they were 7-3 uh, and three and everything was fine in the world, it was good. And then when Jay Cutler was getting his thumb ripped off and – Matt Forte getting broken half, and Sam Hurd in the drug conspiracy, and on <laughs> and on and on. That disappeared pretty quick, didn't it? Yeah, no, and thank you. Everybody thank you. Everybody thought that one would have legs. It was just the beginning tip of the iceberg, and boom. You know, what's the expression? Is the silence speak a thousand words? In other words, is, is it almost too quiet, that story? Well, you know what? Maybe I, I want everybody to remember that it was an undercover federal agent who – went to Sam Hurd and convinced him that he could get him the drugs. And Sam Hurd was like, okay, I'll do it. Let, don't forget mm-hmm. it was like that. It wasn't like Sam Hurd was going around, okay. you know what I mean, flashing, saying, hey, I, I need to start a whole drug ring. Un- uh, no truth to the rumor that undercover agent was ex-bear receiver Brian Bashnickel. This is true. It is true. No, this is true. Oh, that, no that, truth, that, no that truth that okay. to the rumor. Yeah, that's true. I just want to get him off the hook. Don't worry, Brian Bashnickel was definitely never considered a speed-type receiver. So Actually, that you know what Brian is doing now? Uh, besides picking on people at, at softball games and, and arguing at home plate <laughs> like an idiot. What? Uh, you you told me about how you, oh. you umped a game and Brian Bashnagel was involved and he got no, a little no. a hot under the collar no, over no. a call at home. No. Maybe it wasn't you that told me that story. No, but I need to hear that story because okay. I actually play as we talk. Brian Bashnagel stories here in the two guys in a mic. <laughs> Whoever would have he thought. Played, he played on my softball team for four or five years. Oh, so. that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. But he never, he was the ultimate sportsman-like guy. But no, what he is doing now, at least at a very part-time basis, on Sundays, bear home games, he is the uniform inspector. The NFL hires a guy in each city. Yes. Do they do both teams? Yeah, for both teams. Okay. And he'll go in the locker room before the game, check with the guys. And so he's and it's obviously not the most popular guy with the current players. Brian Bashnick is your current 
uniform inspector here in Chicago. So this he, is the kind of information you get on he, two guys in a mic. He's the one that uh, sends a text message urgently back to New York. Er, Earl Bennett yes. has orange shoes on. Yeah. Beep, 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 yeah. beep. Orange shoes. Oh, no. Okay. So when the NFL is going around picking this position, they, you know, they're, they probably got some forethought over this. They're like, all right, we got to pick somebody that when they tell an offensive lineman, hey, Hey, you, you got to tuck your gut in. You just can't. You just you can't have your shirt untucked here in the NFL. You got to have a former player coach because if you got some guy that never played in the NFL trying to tell an NFL player to dress properly, yep. those guys will get their heads ripped off. Yep. So I, I guarantee you, out of all 32 of those guys at each one of the stadiums, mm-hmm. I would bet you it's an extremely high percentage of former NFL players. Yeah, you, and you got to pick the right guy too. No question about. It. If you're going to be the uniform inspector. Mm-hmm. You better pick the right personality, especially when, like you said, you're talking about 53 NFL players. That's well, uh, not a job I would want to do. Now, Chad uh, Ocho Cinco is always looking for work, and pretty soon, since he can't catch the football anymore, and if you're in New England and you can't catch a ball, hey. you're going to be out of work soon. So, mm-hmm. you imagine Chad Ocho Cinco doing the dress inspection? Come on, son. None of this goes together. <laughs> you got to have a, a towel hanging out. You got to have something on the back that says world's greatest. I know you're the backup guard, but you got to have some flash. You know what? Okay. It's, the old, it's the reverse psychology factor. You make the guy who caused the most problems be the guy who has to make the others follow suit. And, oh. and, and by in turn, it helps turn Chad Ochocinco into more of a disciplined individual. I like the theory. I, well, I don't know if that's going to actually help. I think he first has to catch a couple passes from Tom Brady before he should start worrying about what socks people are wearing. That is possible. That Speaking is possible. of socks, did you happen to see Speaking Robert Tom Brady. Uh, Robert Griffin III last night, the Heisman Trophy winner? I only tuned in briefly. Washington was leading Baylor 36-21 when I took a brief glimpse, but I don't even know who won the game. Bay- uh, Washington, right? Uh, Washington did not, did not win, Coach. As a matter Baylor of the, came back? 67-56. to 56. Whoa! You missed. Wow. By the way, Coach, I was last night with Lily the You're Lilac, and for some reason, this young lady says you can watch football whenever you want. It's your life. You choose. So what ends up happening is when we're together, instead of me watching football because she's so cool to me, instead of watching the game, I end up talking to her. All these years, all these girls had to tell no, 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 go ahead, watch football, Joel. It's okay. Instead, oh, you going to watch football instead of hang out with me? Yeah, you're dang right I'm going to watch football. Mm-hmm. Well, now I missed that whole game. I was in a bar next to a television. I looked up. I was like, I just missed one of the greatest comments. I missed 60 points worth of scoring. Because it was, like you were saying, it was 35-21. And the next thing I know, I looked up and it was 67-56. to 56. Wow. That's what, that, wow. no, that's 70 points worth of scoring. It was, un, every time I looked up, Robert Griffin was throwing a pass to Kendall Hunter, who was catching it perfectly in stride, running across the goal line. Ladies and gentlemen, anybody out there looking for a position as a defensive coordinator, there are two openings today. Uh, please contact Baylor University or... Washington University telling the big dog and the coach sent you, and you'll uh, move right to the front of the line. 67-53, Robert Griffin III. We talked about his uh, you know, chances of being drafted in the pros, mm-hmm. how much money he'll make, I'm assuming. Based on the 67 points, even though I didn't see the game, he played phenomenal, so he probably helped his draft stock. Uh, the, he bit. definitely helped his draft stock because early in the game, nobody from Baylor could block, and he was getting hit, getting totally harassed. You know, and instead of... You know, wilting and cowering, he went out there and played even better after all this stuff. That's awesome. That shows you a lot more about a guy when he's faced with adversity yes. and he played horrible. At, at I shouldn't say horrible, but for him it was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next thing you know, he looked like the Heisman Trophy winner. All right, now, David Olson, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on my comment from uh, yesterday and ask you the pro scout. Let's just say Robert Griffin III is coming out. I think he is, and all of our um, – very uh, uh, liberal friends out there when I say coming out, not in that particular term. I mean coming out 
as far as a junior in college declaring for the National Football League draft. So a lot of scouts are watching him, both in person, on TV. The difference between a bad performance yesterday from Robert Griffin III, I understand it's one game, and the guy's had a three-year career, but in monetary terms, David Olson, our financial expert here, the difference between him having a bad game yesterday and a great game, how much money was that one game worth? Honestly, zero. 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 You don't you don't think he went up in the draft at all from yesterday's uh, performance? Well, it, I no, I don't actually. I you don't. think he's going to stay exactly the same? I no think he's what? going to stay exactly okay. the same. Which and I, can, I, think, I, can, I and I think a lot of it, it, it you know, in game performance is a lot, but it's all the combine to tell you the truth. Yeah, because he goes he goes guy. and he craps out at the combine. He's he's fallen. He's fallen. Oh, he's a combine guy. Oh, he's going to be un. Oh, at the, yeah. he, it's going to be unbelievable what he does at the combine. He'll have the greatest combine any quarterbacks had besides Cam Cam you Newton, notice, which is last dog, year. I gave David Olson yeah. the big dramatic, you know, boom! I set it all up for him, and he, and he throws me back a zero. You know, you know, I will, I, I will say this, Dave. I think uh, combines are more important for every single position besides quarterback. I think the quarterback they really look at how you performed in games and whatnot. But I will tell you this: what David had right about it was. However you performed against the Washington Huskies, you can only help make you go down on the draft stock. Their defense has been so abysmal this season that I don't think any performance you had against that team could, uh, like a scout could be like, oh, yeah, that was, wow, he really ate up that Husky secondary. I mean, like when Oregon faced them, they had a, like Oregon had to start kneeling on the ball, coach. That's how bad Washington's defense yeah, but was. But I still, I still beg to differ. I think there's such a fine line between all the great players, and I think uh, you have a bad game. And that can be in the mind of the mm-hmm. NFL draft guy and maybe make that decision. And again, all right, you know, we were picking third. Might have picked Robert Griffin the third. Boy, the, you know, the, the last taste in your mouth is the one that's, you know, the one that you you still taste. It's the one that's most significant. You don't pick him. He drops to number eight in the draft. It doesn't sound that much significant. Well, the difference between a third, round, uh, a third pick in the NFL draft and an eighth pick is – Million, million uh, it, it'll be it, it'll be at least over a five-year contract it'll five yeah. slots is probably a million bucks two hundred thousand dollars a year at, at least. least at least yeah. a year yeah but two hundred thousand so, a year you know, at least that again, much i respect david's opinion but but it, it's at least possible well, and do these players even think about it i've mentioned this before that, absolutely their agents tell them how can you possibly compete with the pressure, it's, it's pressure enough to win in playing in front of national TV, but now you realize your performance could be affecting your family, grandpa and grandma who have been living in poverty for many and many a year. Millions of dollars writing in your uh, performance. Boy, if I have a bad game, this could cost me a ton and, of money. And don't forget, the one thing that everybody always tends to forget about the fact that these guys are student athletes is some of these guys actually want to graduate. Some of them do. Let's not, let's, some of them go there to play football. 70% of them go there to play football and get education, okay? Mm-hmm. And for that 70% who care about their education, while they're going to the most important game of their of their life, they're also in the finals, like taking finals and trying to graduate from that particular college. So throw the, all the pressure that you just said yep. during bowl season when these kids have to write their papers and take their tests. The, the hardest ones of the year. Everybody always forgets that. You talk about stress. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I have to make sure I play great in this game or blah, blah. Oh, but don't forget, I promised Grandma that I was going to graduate and I have this. But, you know, I mean, that's there, I there's some serious remember. stuff going on with these kids. I can remember back in my college day when we had the Colrec Consolation Championship Intramural Volleyball game. 
The consolation right, game. Consolation championship right in the middle of finals. It was extremely distracting, Big Dog. Especially By back the way, in we lost. Back in the day, it was co ed, right? Yeah. That was that was the year that the girls actually started wearing the short short volleyball shorts, right? Very difficult. Actually, I think back in my day the guys I hate to admit this, but I think if we take film or pictures back in the day I think the short, short look, uh, a la Larry Bird, Magic Jet, we all wore those short shorts. There's uh, there's really no reason to bring that issue no, up, you're Coach. Right. You're right. But there is a reason to bring this up here. I want to talk about the Notre Dame-Florida State game yesterday. We open up with a little college football. It is a football Friday. You're the two guys in a mic show. We'll make our Beat the Schmoes football predictions. Talk about the playoff possibilities. Sneak into some basketball talk. We'll jump off the sports page as well. Mishmash Mali emailing in. Please ask Joel <laughs> what's in the bottle. That, that is email. that is a, a Kenneth Cole, and I brought this just in case something happened. Who? A Kenneth Cole RSVP. So just in case we stink up the the Talkstone Studios, kind of like the Florida State and Notre Dame offenses stunk up the joint all day yesterday. <laughs> I'll be actually. I have to admit something today is uh, as Lily the Lilac was giving me a ride here in the BMW. Yep. She had to get out and close the garage, which I was like, you know, I'm a man, I should do that. Okay, but she didn't understand. Well, when she got out, let's just say I stunk up the car. Ah. And she got in. She's like, "What's this? Is horrible in here. Do you smell that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's got to be the garbage in the, you know, in the alley." She's like, "Oh, okay." She believed it. So just in case I did that here, coach, I had the RSVP had ready, just in case you? for you, coach. You didn't for stop you. at Walgreens and get it, but you actually had this with you. I had it with me, just in case. I, I have my this travel is... bag. I have my travel bag with me, coach. I, I have like a purse. And by the way, it looks like a homeless guy slept here last th- night. Now this might be true. It's gonna ruin your image, big dog. What do you mean, around? ruin the image? You're carrying around Kenneth Cole RSVP perfume with you. No, I was actually listening to another radio program the other day, one that's extremely much more entertaining than ours. Hey, ho! And they were red. and they were saying that backpacks are extremely sexy to women now. Who would ever would have thought that? Whoever would have thought a guy in a backpack would be found sexy, ever? Has it, has it worked for my two kids in high school, I can tell you that. <laughs> they don't tell you their love life. Are you kidding me? My dad had no idea. When I was when I was 24, my dad finally told me the the birds and the bees. I'm like, Dad, you should have told me that 12 years ago. Okay. <laughs> so they're probably a lot more advanced than you might think they are, Coach. Uh, shush up. They could be listening. I'm sure they are, and they're probably like, Joel, shut up. My dad doesn't need to know what's going on. If, if backpack size is uh indication of your ego or your status in no. high school, my two kids are top of the line. Oh, that's good then. The backpacks look like an extended accordion. It's unbelievable. Well, uh, supposedly women like guys that have stuff with them that are like, like kind of like a purse, kind of like, oh, because I have, I have colognes in there. You name it, coach. I don't have as much as maybe like a woman does. Does a briefcase count? See now they now they think they're powerful, but when you have to actually close or keep it open by when you hold it, women women tend to notice that too. Okay, you got to have kind of like a strut with your uh, with with your walk. Okay, so <laughs> that's why I have the RSVP call. And who knows? I didn't want to stink up the place. I Ladies just thought. Ladies and gentlemen, if you keep it scored home, backpacks in, yes, briefcases out. More information soon to come for the big dog Joel Redwine. And I, I'm being serious. I'm not just making it up. They. Supposedly, right now, it's like kind of like how when a woman sees a guy that can be good with children, it's yeah. like sexually attractive. Them, they actually, it actually releases a hormone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whoever would have thought, like a guy holding a, a kid would get a woman sexually aroused, yeah. but remember, it does. Remember so that not, conversation came up back in our old radio days mm-hmm. at the morning break with Brian Bauer. Yes, and he said he, knowing that, he was going to fly out to Philadelphia, borrow his niece and nephew for a little bit, and 
take him out to the park and see what he could find. If I do remember, the niece and nephew were Ohio State fans. Uh-oh. The only problem was the, the, the sister-in-law would not let the kid go because he was, she was always afraid that Brian would put a Michigan shirt on the Ohio State child. Big blue. I got, I got, it always comes back to college football, doesn't it, coach? <laughs> it does indeed. Uh, yes. How about Notre Dame getting knocked off yesterday, 18 to 14? You want to talk a little football with the coach and the big dog? 888-463-6748. Dial it up. We'd love mm-hmm. to hear from you. Uh, man, painful. It painful was. loss for Notre Dame. I watched some of the game, not a lot of it. Notre Dame leading most of the game and big dog. What has snake bit them all season long? Uh, and Brian Kelly, their coach, mm-hmm. a master of teaching the quarterback position. Yes, and their yeah. quarterbacks threw just horrible interceptions. You know, you want to call it Caleb Haney disease, whatever joke you want to make, but the uh, interceptions in the red zone killed him. Okay, we like to have fun, and you know, and let's let's point a finger and be serious for a second. Those interceptions were thrown because those quarterbacks at Notre Dame play afraid. Ah. That was my next. Question. That's exactly why they do it. They're like they're they're taking the snap and they're looking over at the sidelines. Is it okay to throw to that guy over there, coach? Because if I make a mistake, I'm going to be benched and humiliated in front of na- a national uh, television audience. Yep. So I mean, I, I and you know what? You got to toughen up. You got to have thick skin to play quarterback in in NCAA football. But you don't have to be humiliated by your coach every time you make a mistake on the sidelines. Because to be honest with you, if I see my quarterback getting screamed at constantly, I lose trust in my quarterback. Then, you know, as as a player, go humiliate him in the in a room alone. Okay, get it. Be as hard as you possibly want behind closed doors. And if you want to scream at your offensive linemen and your linebackers and your D line, go do that. You don't do that to your quarterback. I don't know. There's something about that position. And also, I'm going to go into another thing of coaching. Yesterday, I'm watching this Florida State-Notre Dame game, and for the first quarter, Notre Dame consistently blitzes right through the A-gap. They have three freshmen playing their first game at center and guard and guard. The whole first half, Notre Dame is dominating. The second half, Florida State starts moving the ball. They get in third and long. You know what they do, coach? They play soft. They quit blitzing. When they All game long, they were getting pressure up the middle, up the middle. Oh, okay, we got him third and long. Let's not make a mistake. Guess what would happen? E.J. Manuel would, or whatever his name when would throw. Did, when did they start consulting Lovey Smith in the cover two for I, Notre Dame defense? I have no idea. So the coaching at Notre Dame, extremely, extremely poor in yesterday's 18-15 uh, to 15 loss. Yeah, for a while I remember I turned into a Notre Dame football fan when they started losing over a number of years. And when, like when Bob Davey was coaching, at least he was likable. And then Charlie Weiss took over, and I would watch games. Mm-hmm. Just to root for the other team. I just wanted to see Charlie Weiss lose. Then they bring Brian Kelly in, which everybody thought was a great. I hire. was all happy. I, remember I was. All, I was like, I can start rooting yeah. for Notre Dame football again. I was and all excited. The more, the more you watch this guy, it should have picked up on me because I remember watching him at Cincinnati. He was yelling at his assistants. He would be, you know, the defense would mess up. He'd come over, rip the clipboard from the defense, you know, and criticizing and yelling at his defensive coordinator on the sidelines. And I found that kind of odd. Well, it's not odd. That's part of his personnel. You see him coaching at Notre Dame now, big dog. It's hard to fathom, but he almost makes you wish for Charlie Weiss. Personality-wise, the guy's brutal. And and you know what? I'm going to agree with him in this. And it's not that I don't like disciplinarian and hard and driven coaches. Give it to me when it's when it's important. Not every if you lose your mind every single time, it kind of just kind of like Rex Ryan. Rex, oh, Rex Ryan says something controversial. What, what today? You mean because he does it every day? Yeah. It's kind of that, you know where's he remi- Bri- David? Have you seen him, um, Brian Kelly, when he goes the, neck, the neck goes red? You know, what he reminds me of is the Pink Panther movies when Peter Sellers would drive the who's that Herbert Lom? 
Yeah, Herbert you know, like, Lum. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know exactly. You know what I'm talking about. No, I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> You know, I, I, sad to say, I have never seen any of the Pink Panther movies. Oh, you, I, need, you need to. Uh, yeah, the first, first uh, the first two. Yeah, the, the second first one, two. The Return of the Pink Panther might be the best. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first two and the rest of them are garbage, yeah. but the first two are like brilliant. <laughs> one of one of my friends tells me one is they're like, all you need to see is the one of the first jokes of the first movie where it's like he stands next to a woman and a woman says to him, "Does your dog bite?" And yeah. he says, "No." Yeah. And then she pets the dog Ow. and it bites her. And she said, I thought you said your dog yeah, doesn't bite. He said, Ow. this is not my dog. I know that right there to me is brilliant. So I need to watch it just for that joke. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Would you like a rim? A what? A what? Would you like a rim? A what? I said, would you like a rim? What? Oh, you mean a room? Yes, that is what they've been saying all along. <laughs> <laughs> or I like when he when he checks into the fancy hotel when the guy's outside the he gets out of the nice car. You know, Excuse me, sir. May I take your coat? Oh, thank you. All. And may I take your hat? Oh, thank you. All. And may I take your cane? Thank you. And the guy just walks walks off. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's looking around like, what the hell? Oh goodness. Oh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. We got sidetracked once. Again. It, it, that, it's, that's it's what Brian a... Kelly looks like, though. It's all it's part comical, part tragedy, but. Uh, that's a big program loss for Notre Dame. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge, yeah. Coach. So uh, we were talking about how important it would be for them to end the season on a positive note. The only positive note they had out of the whole season at the end of the year was, uh, uh, what's the linebacker's name, number five, Montau Seau. He's coming back. He's coming back, which is huge because he's the best defensive player that would be coming back next season, possibly in all the college football, depending on who's coming back from LSU. Whitney Merciless? Uh, you know what? You know, I'm a diehard Illinois fan coach. I thought the idea of him winning the award for best defensive end in the country was a freaking joke. I watched every one of the Illinois games. This is a guy that all he cared about as a defensive end was getting upfield to sack the quarterback. And there were far too many games this year where this guy would fly upfield and they would run the, the sprint draw, hand the ball off to a running back. Right inside of Winston Merciless, who was not blocked, because he would run right up the field trying to mm-hmm. sack the quarterback. But every writer that never watches the game, you know, oh, he had a sack. Sacks and, you know. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly what I'm Overrated talking about, stat. Coach. With, like Just like Justin Babin is going to be the all-pro defensive end for the Eagles, all you had to do all year long against the Eagles was run the football right at the guy. And What, what player were you going to say, uh, besides Monte Teo, would be the next best defense? Oh, uh, well, uh, it all depends on who's coming back on LSU, because they got the Claiborne kid who's the, the the cornerback who's just absolutely phenomenal. If he comes back, he'll be good. Uh, the Honey Badger, the kid, you know, uh, Tyrone Matthew, if he comes back, obviously you would think he would be the... It all depends on who's coming back. Now, uh, there's a, uh, Dante Hightower, if he comes back at Alabama. There's a couple really, really good players uh, defensively that... Uh, and if these guys come out, if there's a wide receiver available, the Bears will take one of these kids. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mel <laughs> Kuyper Jr. in the studio with us today. If I Good had job. Mel Kuyper's hair, I would have made it already, yeah, Coach. Yeah. Unfortunately, you do not have Mel Kuyper's hair, but your face is much prettier. Oh, thank your you. Face, you know, If you could take your face with Mel Kuyper's hair, we'd have the perfect uh, ESPN football host. And, Coach, I've been doing the shake weight lately. I'm getting into shape. Oh, don't start with this again. I'm no no start. I'm doing it. I'm doing we, it. That's not I'm had, starting. It's it's continuing. Thank goodness we had our shake weight discussion last week when you were not in studio. I'm almost afraid to jump on that with you in studio, especially with the kids out of school. I heard Rusty, by the way. When you did the show with Rusty and he had his ten yes. year old kid sitting in, he put the shackles on you and said, 
Be careful what you say. Nothing inappropriate. Got a young kid with me. Yeah, even though I don't think it could count, because uh, David, you're gonna have to confirm this. I'm just gonna ask, just out there, what do you think that Rusty Silver even knows my name? No, because he couldn't even get Big Dog right. Yeah, he couldn't say <laughs> Big Joe. First of all, it's Big Dog. It's not Big Joe. Secondly, my name is Joel, not Joe, and that's a pet peeve. If you're gonna come in here and make fun of me and post stuff on my Facebook page. <laughs> He made fun of me for getting. I, I called the score forty five forty two, with with uh, Air Force being Toledo. Toledo wins forty two forty one, and he starts posting nasty stuff on my Facebook page. Get my name right first, okay? Yeah, that, 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 I don't for, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about that big uh, the big Joel? Yeah, he, he, he couldn't get Big Dog right. No, he couldn't. <laughs> Any, no. and, or Joe or Joel. And that's, I swear to you, that's like my biggest pet peeve. Oh, Seriously, if you want to, if you want to be rude to me, just call me Joe. And then I realize you're not my friend anymore. And then I'll David, start taunting you. David, I'm assuming now is not a good time to mention to Joel that Rusty will be co-hosting all next week. No. <laughs> I, I got to, I have to it's wash Rusty my hair and next Big week. Big Joe here are the two guys that are Mike. All right. Speaking of college football, yes. now real quick, we've got to get to the NFL stuff. we got the Armed Forces Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Music City Bowl, the Insight Bowl, all tonight, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Don't sleep late tonight. Cancel your plans this evening. Don't sleep late tomorrow, I should say. 11 o'clock, the Meineke Car Care Bowl. Our Northwestern Wildcats try to win their first bowl game mm. in how many years? I think it's 1947, the last time they won, Coach. It's in the 40s. I'm almost yeah. positive. It's, it's a long time. I'm telling you, he's a Northwestern fan. Two streaks. Winning a bowl game, not in 50 years. Mm -hmm. At least and, 50. And never making the NCAA in hoops. I, I know you're in the Big Ten. I've just always, I know it's a tough conference, but I just have, it's just dumbfounding. How in the last 30 years with so many teams going that they have not snuck in one time. Wouldn't it be cool if 2011, 2012, they put both of those streaks to rest? Certainly oh, that would the be phenomenal. And, and I'm, I'm telling you this straight up right here. One of my beat the schmo picks, which we're going to do today, you can oh. give us a call at, uh, 888-463-6748, and you can give us three games versus the spread. And if you beat us, you get into a, you have a chance to win some money. So it's a it's a free way to make money. One of my picks is uh, is Northwestern plus the ten. They're ten point underdogs at Texas A and M. Coach, just want to let you know in my confidence pool, which I'm doing phenomenal in. You can check out Joel Redwanski uh, on the Yahoo Fantasy profile. Right now, I'm in the 97 percentile nationwide. I put one of my highest point totals on Northwestern beating Texas A&M. Northwestern is beating Texas A&M today as a 10-point underdog. Texas A&M is one of those teams where, at the beginning of the year, people thought they were going to compete for a national championship, remember? Well, no, they're, they're no. bad. Yeah, they, people forgot about that about September 10th. Well, these same people who put these uh, predictions out still think Texas A&M is good, and Northwestern is the old Northwestern. They're going to win as a 10-point underdog, Coach. Game is in Texas, right? But it's not. Oh, yeah, at, that's not right. at a, It's not at A and M Stadium. Though. Yeah, I'll tell. I'll tell you exactly where it's at. I always forget when it's in. When it's in, you know, people always rip the Big Ten. Oh, the Big Ten did horrible in bowls. Well, how come they always play uh, SEC teams in Georgia or New Orleans? They or they play Ohio State playing the Florida Gators in the Gator Bowl. Well, I think I can hmm. give you a pretty good reason for that. The games are played in December and January, and I don't think a lot of teams want to head up to uh, I, I understand. Chicago and play a bowl game. I understand, but you know, they play the Rose Bowl in UCLA's home stadium. So <laughs> uh, just when people rip on, on the Big Ten all the time, I want to take that into consideration. And let me see, the Northwestern is playing in the Meineke Bowl, which is in Houston. 
So I'm I'm assuming that's in Re- yeah it's in Reliant Field at Reliant Field. So it should be a, it's a nice place to play. Heineke nice Car Care Bowl. Real quick now, don't break it down here because time is a factor. But the uh, today's game, the Armed Forces Bowl, BYU and Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa, extremely high-scoring team. BYU, a very defensive team. So whatever you like more, defense or high-scoring, you should go with that. The Pinstripe Bowl, Rutgers, the Scarlet Knight, taking on the Cyclone of Iowa State. Six the, and six, Iowa State. Uh, this is uh, a, basically a home game for Rutgers. There should be a pretty good crowd at, at Yankee Stadium. You know, they, they, they can play a, a bowl game in New York. Why can't they play one in Chicago if there's going to be 35 bowl games? Uh, but the only thing is, Iowa State has won a bunch of games they shouldn't have this year. So that should be an excellent game. The Music City Bowl, Wake of the Forest, take on Mississippi State, the dreaded Bulldog. Uh, this is just this game is just to prove that just because you're in a major conference doesn't mean you should go to a bowl game. This, if you need some sleep, turn this particular game on. <laughs> the, the, by the way, that neither team realizes the forward pass has been invented. Both teams six and six. I briefly turned my eyes. I wanted to watch the Kevin Durant shot, and I missed it. We'll talk about NBA in just a second. Uh, and finally, the Insight Bowl, nine o'clock tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Cancel all your social plans. Be there for the Insight Bowl as Oklahoma takes on the 7-5 and Iowa Hawkeye in a game that very few people are talking about. Do you know that Iowa is a 15-and-a-half-point underdog in this game? Makes no sense. All i got to tell you is that game's going to be in the beat the schmo picks, too. Landry Jones, most disappointing player in college football this season. Started off good. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden his best player got hurt, his wide receiver, and all of a sudden a guy that people were talking about could possibly be the second quarterback taken. Yep. Now they're now they're saying you should stay in college because you'll be drafted in the third round. Interesting. That's I mean that's how disappointing of a season he had. All right, there's your quick bowl analysis of today's games. You got more coming at you. College football starting to heat up. The big bowl games coming up. We got uh, what Rose Bowl on Monday, correct? Uh. The Rose Bowl is on the second this year. The Rose Bowl is always on the first, yeah, played at three thirty. But it's going to be on the, yeah, because they never play on a Sunday if the Sunday's a first. Right. So it'll be the second. And yeah. that's, shoot, then that's a perfect matchup. You got the fastest team in the country versus the most powerful team in the country. So I'm definitely looking forward to that game. And everybody's assuming Oregon's just going to run all over Wisconsin. I would not, I, I would not expect that whatsoever. And just a, a note to all the Illinois fans. You know, we got Travis Beckham. The guy that we should have taken is the coach at, at Wisconsin, their offensive coordinator. So when you see them Paul move the ball Chris, at will. Who Paul did Chris, take the job, by the way. He's the he head coach at Pittsburgh. Took the Pittsburgh job, and he's going to do phenomenal there, and I wish he was a coach at Illinois. And and I have we no have, idea. Uh, we will not be on live on, on Monday, so we will be off for that day. Mm-hmm. So we got the Rose Bowl coming up on Monday. We'll talk about that on Tuesday's show, the Gator Bowl, Florida against Ohio State. you got the whole Urban Meyer thing going on. But Urban Meyer will not be part of that no. coaching experience. No, no, he's not. Uh, he's he's staying out of it, which is weird. You know what? If he's there, come on. All Urban Meyer's been doing is recruiting. Okay, just to let you know, Coach, what's going on at Ohio State? This is really cool. Luke Fickle, who you talked about, what a good coach he was. You remember, I, like I was it. like, I'll take him as the coach of Illinois as soon as Ohio State fires him. Yep. Well, Luke Fickle, even though he knew Urban Meyer was taking over for him and he was going to leave and get a job elsewhere, was mm-hmm. still recruiting for Ohio State. Interesting. As a matter of fact, there was a guy when uh, Urban Meyer was was uh, was hired, a, the number one defensive end in the country calls up Luke Fickle and was like, "I just want to try. I'm not going to Ohio State. I wanted to go with you." And uh, Luke Fickle's like, "I I appreciate that. I, I have job offers, Division One schools, but you need to stay at Ohio State for all these reasons." After that, he's like, "Okay, I, if you really tell me he's to coach, I will." Mm-hmm. So when Urban Meyer has uh, a defensive end and uh, jar. 
Ben Jarvis Davis or something like that. His first name has the word Jarvis in it. Okay. And when he gets Tommy shoot in people's backfield all week, it's because Luke Fickle stayed on these guys after they, uh, after he was fired. And the, what is the, the ending of the Luke Fickle story? Is he going to stay on as the D coordinator? He, I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I don't think he is because he was actually up for the Pittsburgh job when they gave it to Paul Chris. So he's looking for another. Uh, Division one head coaching job. All right, but if he stays, Urban Meyer will uh, gladly take him as the defensive if, coordinator. If you're Urban Meyer and don't take back a guy that's still recruiting for you after he got fired, then you don't know what loyalty is and you're an idiot because you need Luke Fickle in your program. The best thing that could happen to Ohio State is him to stay there and replace Urban Meyer in five years. Good point. Good point. And one other game to talk about Monday. Again, we will be off Monday. There will be a replay show on, but uh, back live at you Tuesday talking about all the bowl games. Make sure to join us at 10 o'clock actually we encourage everybody to tune in around 9.58, Big Dog, to catch uh, some of the scintillating two minutes before our show. It's it's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, we're going to Stanford-Oklahoma State. Another. Nobody's talking about that game. A phenomenal game in the Fiesta Bowl. Stanford uh, against, you know, arguably uh, top three team in the country, Oklahoma State. Another uh, great matchup. We're talking about the speed and power of Oregon versus Wisconsin. Well, this is uh, the contrast of uh, the spread system, you know, versus the old uh, power eye system. So very similar to the, uh, to that game. So uh, I, I Oklahoma State is a really, really big advantage in this game, Coach. I, I hope Stanford can keep it close is the best way for me to say. That's it's. That's that. They're at that much of a disadvantage right now. And that don't forget, game's Tuesday, uh, Monday night. So you'll be able to watch the Rose Bowl, followed by the Stanford Oklahoma State. Yeah, which that's going to be one heck of a day uh, of college football right there. So, uh, and know what the cool thing is is they're not having the Winter Classic on January first this year. Oh, so, so they're having it on. They're having it like tonight, isn't it? The Winter Classic. It, it's it's not the or maybe you know, me me and hockey have not crossed paths this year. And it's not because I don't enjoy the sport of hockey. It's basically it's a time factor. Okay. I've only got so much time to put into my sporting sense, and as much as I like hockey, I just haven't got into it. I have no idea when that game is. That's exactly why I brought it up because every year, and no offense, it's kind of cool to see a hockey game outside. Absolutely. I get I just get the beginning of the game, and then I go like like I'm going to miss college football bowl games to watch a regular season hockey game. The only reason to watch it is because it's outside. So I think the NHL realized that, and they're trying not to compete against the Rose Bowl, which is probably a good idea. So they're not playing on January 1st this year. Yeah, Dave. They're playing on January 2nd, so yeah, they are competing against the Rose Bowl. Oh, that's, they're idiots. That's really stupid. Yeah, that is dumb. So they decided not to compete against the NFL. I, 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 nobody wants to compete against well, the NFL. Well, uh, I mean. call me crazy, but can't you wait a week? Do it the next Sunday. It's, it's, the, winter, it's the Winter playoffs. Classic. It's the Winter Classic, yeah. Do hey. it the follow, uh, how about do it the following Saturday? You know what they should do is they should have it like, uh, uh, I guess they want to have it, they have to have it in the afternoon because they don't want... January 1st temperatures in New York or Buffalo or Toronto. Yeah. So, and so. Saturday, a Saturday. Just a regular Saturday afternoon game. Yeah, the first Saturday after the, uh, the, the New Year's, the New Year's. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be cool. I mean, it's better than competing. That's, against, that's but Saturday game. afternoon is by far the worst time for television ratings. It's the worst. The only thing that gets television ratings on Saturday afternoon is Auburn versus Alabama. Otherwise, I mean, let's. Nobody watches. If you're watching television on Saturday, you really do need to get something done with your life. You need to get out, walk around, and stuff. So, uh, many of my childhood years watching Chris Schenkel and Billy Waylu on the highly rated CBS uh, Bowling on Saturday afternoon. Well, the, the, when you're young, it's okay. But I would like you know. I remember when I was like 14. Like, what am I doing in on a Saturday afternoon? You know, watching the wide world of sports. You know, I mean, there's no reason to be doing that. You need to get out and play a little bit, people. <laughs> 
So. Uh, 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open here. Big Dog and the Coach at your service. we got to make our Beat the Schmoes football mm-hmm. predictions. Talk a little bit about the NFL here. Now, final week of the regular season. Hard to believe, Big Dog. And um, there's still, what, four AFL, AFC teams and two NFC teams battle. Yeah, there's still a bunch of teams that uh, – the, the AFC, nothing is set. Uh, in terms of like who the home field advantage is, which teams are in, because Pittsburgh and Baltimore are still battling for the uh, the AFC North title, okay. and whoever wins that's going to get a bye, and whoever wins that has a possibility of getting home field advantage throughout the playoffs if New England doesn't win this week uh, uh, at home against Buffalo. Tom Brady's hurt; he's got a bad shoulder, so I, who knows what happens in, in that particular? I'm tape, sure they'll win. Tape it up; he'll be fine. Oh yeah, he will be fine. He'll be fine. Uh, well, the one the one to watch is the Bengals Ravens game mm-hmm. because if the Bengals lose, that throws everything up into the air. Yes, yeah, because everything up. If the Bengals win, they're the sixth seed. If the Bengals lose. Then all of a sudden the, the Bengals Raiders have a, the ability to get into the playoffs without being the AFC West champion. Um, if the, if the Bengals lose, that means the Ravens have won, which means that the Steelers cannot win the AFC North anymore. And now the, so the Steelers game becomes absolutely mute. So they're deciding whether they're going to play Roethlisberger, whether they're going to play Batch. Well, they're playing exactly the same time at 315, so they won't know that. So they could be playing Ben Roethlisberger, trying to think they're going to get an advantage, and the game could be meaningless, and you could hurt your quarterback even worse. There's so many, like, whacked-out things going on this week. If you're a coach, you legitimately have to coach your team with an eye on the scoreboard. Like, oh, they're blowing them out. Let's get Roethlisberger out of the game. You know, so Bring it's, that bottle of uh, perfume back out. I think I need to take a shot of it. Okay, it's not bad. It yeah. actually is. No, just to clear my mind after that description. But the and I didn't even say, get into it. You realize I did not even no, get into the AFC, the, West. AFC West. Thing, yeah. At least we know this. The NFC East champion will be determined by the Cowboy Giant game. That's as, it's as easy as that. The wild cards are set. In the NFC, that's all there is to that's be all the, And the only thing that needs to be determined is whether or not San Francisco or New Orleans gets the bye, which is gigantic. That's an, that's one game less you have to win. Uh, if San Francisco wins against St. Louis, and by the way, is St. Louis Rams, are they any good? Not really, no. Okay, so that, that'll pretty much sum it up. Not really. As a matter of fact, they lost 27 nothing to a Charlie Batch-led Pittsburgh Steelers team. By the way, Coach, if you were a running back going against the Rams, you can get 100 yards. You get yourself 10 carries against the Rams, you'd crack 100. That's how bad the Rams are right now. So, yeah, the 49ers. So the, the, the Saints are looking at it as, oh, if we win and the 49ers lose, then we have something to play for. But if you're, do you really think they could possibly lose to the Rams? So can't you, don't you just kind of go out making sure nobody gets hurt at that point? Have you watched the first 15 weeks of the NFL season? This is true. And the, the Rams beat yes. the, the Rams already beat the Saints this year. Yeah. And the Rams, as garbage as they are, could probably go out and beat the 49ers in week 17. Strange things have happened all season long. There's no reason that week 16 shouldn't be any different. Speaking of strange, some, uh, Betting lines that are a little bit weird. Maybe you can help me out, Big Dog. Detroit at Green Bay. Lions are favored by three and a half? Uh, the only reason I would say that is because the Lions are still playing for the fifth or sixth seed. Okay? And the Lions will be playing everyone. The Packers, without question, are sitting all three of the offensive linemen that are banged up. None of them are playing. And if, you pl- if you're playing backup linemen, maybe there's going to be a, a Aaron time to sit down. Type. Maybe that's what they're Sometimes afraid of. Sometimes they'll put those games off the line if there's enough 
uh, unknown factors as yes. far as who's playing. I'm shocked, though, they have a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That should be a pick em, wouldn't you think, at Green Bay? Well, and Detroit's not playing for that much, so I, I yeah. take the Packers in the three-and-a-half at Green Bay. Yeah, and let's see, let's say this. If you're Detroit, why would you want the fifth seed? Wouldn't you rather have the sixth seed? You're not going to get a home game, right? You're not going to get a home game even as a fifth seed. Well, they, no, 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 because if you get that sixth seed, you're going up against either San Francisco or New Orleans. Okay, so the sixth seed, you play at New Orleans, and then if you win, you go at San Fran. With that, that If you get the five seed, you go to New York Giants, and if you beat them, then you go to Green Bay. So normally you would want the five seed. You get Green Bay one week later if you get the sixth seed. Just, just. Let's face it, there's one team. Well, I don't know if they have that mystique anymore. I don't think the Lions are afraid of the Packers whatsoever, so I think that point's mute. Forget it. It doesn't matter. If there's any team in uh, in the NFC that is not afraid of the Packers, it's the Bears and the Lions. And obviously only one of those teams are in the division. How about the New York Jets playing what? at Miami? The Jets still playing for a shot anyways at the playoff, and the Jets yeah. are underdogs by two and a half. Yeah, the, the Jets need help. But let's let's face it, did you see the Jets versus the Giants when everything was on the table last week? I did. Everything fell off the table. And if you let's let's admit over the last five weeks of the season, would you consider Miami as top fourteen team in the league? Top good point. ten point team in the league? Good point. And right now, everybody, Matt Moore, if you're playing in one of these uh fantasy football leagues and you don't have a quarterback, pick up Matt Moore this week. The kid is phenomenal. This guy was playing for the Panthers last year, looked horrible. They kept playing him, kept playing him, and then I mean, he's the most improved player in the NFL from week one this year to week 17. Yep. Miami Dolphins, a team left for dead. I'm kind of sad they fired their coach because they had a really nice, uh, you know, the, uh, comeback second half of the season. Don't feel bad for him because the offseason last year, the owner of the Dolphins decided to pursue Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh didn't want the job, and he was so embarrassed, he decided to give Tony Sperano an extension. He gave him an extension, and then he fired him. I'll be more than happy. I'll be more than happy if you give me a guaranteed contract for four years and then fire me three months later. Yes, I'll be perturbed that you don't like me anymore. And then the next day I wake up and be like, oh, he's got to pay me for three more years. No problem. I can deal with it. Point well taken. There are other people to feel sorry for mm-hmm. than Mr. Tony Sperano. No yes. question about it. So we got an NFL final <laughs> week of the regular season, all kinds of hieroglyphics to go in the AFC and the NFC. It's pretty solid Sunday night. Yes. It's really the first round of the playoffs. Seven twenty game, two arch rivals, Cowboys at the Giants. Winning, you're in the old football, the old sports cliche. Tony Romo is injured, banged up, but he says doesn't matter. He is going to play. It's one of my beat the schmoes football picks, but Big Dog, that should be a heck of a game. Uh, should be a phenomenal game, and uh, the best way I can say it is, you know, the whole confidence pool thing that you got going. You got one through sixteen. Put that down low. I put my sixteen on the New York yep. Giants. I put my 16. I'm guaranteeing oh, the Giants. the highest. Yes. See, I don't play the confidence pool. You know why I don't play the confidence pool games? Why is that? Just not confident. There you go. So I don't, I, my problem is I, I am overconfident. Yes. I, I lack underconfidence. I think if, if anybody starts a pool like the lack of confidence pool, pool mm-hmm. I would join that. I'd put my 10 bucks in for that one. I'll have to figure out the lack of confidence pool. Yeah. Maybe like whoever comes up with the least points wins. That's Well, that's just the... It's the same way, isn't it? That's the same way. So, <laughs> so like you would pick for me, I'd pick Dallas and put 16 on Dallas if I really thought that was going to happen. Yeah, whatever. Don't overthink it. Okay. Bring that perfume back out. Have a couple shots. Uh, we're going to need it here it'll, in a second. My it, stomach's rolling. It'll make perfect sense. No question about it. 888-463-6748. You want to make your beat the smoke football picks on the air? 
with the dog and the coach. We'd love to hear it. If you want to email them in, you can do that to it. Mike, two guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Pick any three games against the spread. And we are live in the studio today. The big dog making an appearance. Great to have you uh, live. This is not a... Some people out there probably thinking David Olson got, you know, technologically, and we were, you know, Big Dog's probably at home, and somehow your picture is being an infused Photoshop. Technolo- yeah, exactly. But that's the real you. It, it is the real me. I, 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 yes, I'm actually C- the real person. CGI. Good CGI. That's what it is. <laughs> I feel so, real. So, so leaning over and touching them means nothing. Yeah, but I just yeah. thought I'd do that for effect for our listeners. You have washed your hands, right? Yeah. Okay. Matter of fact, I'm going to do this one in honor of Cinemax Cindy, your number one stalker. Mm-hmm. That was good for me. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. No, but I'm Cine- fine. Cinemax Cindy right now is out there watching this show. How do I say this? With probably a little bit too much interest. Now, Lily the Lilac was wondering about Cinemax Cindy. I want to let you know the girl knows uh, Taekwondo <laughs> Cinemax Cindy. You do not want to mess with her. Okay. <laughs> Five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, but she she's rough. Okay. Throw an elbow. Knows judo, karate, and eight other oriental words, so be careful. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, and we'll, again, we got to make our beat the most football picks. Final week of the regular season. Now, we'll still play it next week with the yes. playoff games, and you, you can pick college bowl games, certainly. So um, that is right out there for you. Big Dog, you are working on a streak of six consecutive winning prediction weeks against the spread. Highly impressive. Not to put pressure on you. Yeah, but but uh, David went 3-0 last week, so he's the winner last week. Some, he, Coach hasn't had the option to go last yet, has he, this year? He has not won any of the weeks. That's Coach, week 17 and you have yet to win uh, a week? Wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. I haven't been down that bad. I'm looking for a 3-0. and You know what? Now that you mention I haven't gone 3-0 and all season long. I think this is the week he busts out. That's pretty bad. Okay. This is the week you get hair on your you-know-what, Coach. If it makes you feel any better, I got three zero and threes. That doesn't make me feel any better for you, Coach. If you take those out, you've only had a dismal season. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> I had four consecutive weeks of winning weeks, and then I had a little mini two-game win streak. So, overall, it's not a disastrous year for me. It's just a slightly below par. I know you have high expectations. I, I, I do, and I, I'm at the ridiculous yeah, number of 60%, and I'm still behind David Olson this oh, year. Yeah, it was David, around 70%. David so. Olson's OTC this year, off the charts. It, it, it's unbelievable. The only I, I've had a year over 60% a couple times doing this, but I still, the greatest year we ever had, if you get if you go one and two, which is a bad weekend, yep. he has 33%. We, uh, Kevin the Swamp Rider ran one year, picked below 30%, which means that he had more 0-3 weeks than he had one and two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had just, well, it was just, it was ugly. Yeah. He had more 0 3 than 2 1. By the it's way, for those keeping score at home, if you want to put a little asterisk next to Joel's one season over 60%, to be fair, to be fair, that was before station manager installed drug testing. This is true. So that was prior to any kind of drug testing. No, it was the year that I gave up gambling for real. And to rub it in, when I quit gambling real money, I got every game right. So I had lost everything. Okay. <laughs> I mean, everything. And next thing I know, it's like I couldn't get a game wrong. I, to yeah, this you day, were, you were like the Miami Dolphins this season when it counted. You were absolutely brutal. Once they were out of it, you threw in the towel. Mm-hmm. You came back and played outstanding. Yeah, getting getting phone calls from a guy named Chico at three thirty in the morning saying, <laughs> "I'm watching you. Where's my cash?" That's not comforting, uh, especially well, when Chico's a four foot eight woman. I'll give you a choice. Chico and the gambling debts? Yes. Or Cinemax Cindy watching on live webcast? I'll take Chico and the gambling debts. Really? Yes. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> wow. A shot. 
No, I'm sorry, Cinemax. All right, D. Olson, you're going to hit cleanup today. He looks very confident back there. You want to shock the world, go lead off. Uh, you know what? I'll go lead off. I've actually got seven games I like. Look at this. So, guy's, guy's getting cocky in his old age. No, no, no. no I pick, I, I pick the, the the three slam dunks, though. Okay. So. Okay. All right, let's go at it. Yeah, Beats the smoke. up here. Award uh, winning game here in two guys and a mic. Game number one. Uh, Seattle's a three point oh, dog no. at Arizona. I like the Seahawks in that one. Marshawn Lynch right now is phenomenal coach. Best running back immediately right now in the league. Overrated. <laughs> okay, uh, New Orleans is an eight point favorite at home Uh-oh. against Carolina. Don't do it. Oh, New Orleans is going to blow them out. You think so? They're going to blow them out. That right? one scares me from the whole not sure what's going on with them. That, that's that's the that's a scary one for me. No, I I I very confident in that one. I, I will say they will score a lot of points. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. And then the third game, uh, Cincinnati's a two point dog uh, at home against Baltimore. I think Cincinnati's going to win this one. No, I think they're going to win this one big. Yeah, Cincinnati is totally an enigma to me. The whole town. Okay, now this they didn't they sold out and supported that team for years when they wouldn't go to the playoffs. Yep. yep and okay, now yep. check this out, coach. The whole town went in an uproar. They wouldn't they wouldn't trade Carl uh Carson Palmer, they wouldn't release him. They did a bunch of, they were releasing players. They let go to Joseph Johnson or jo, the kid uh Joseph Johnson that went down to the Houston Texans. They're averaging 41,000 people per game yeah, this season so all those away, years giving away tickets two for one so all those years they sold out when they were bad they're going to the playoffs this year now this is the year the cincinnati fans were like oh no i'm done with you so all the games are blacked out so uh, nobody is seeing and nobody in cincinnati realizes that you have a rookie quarterback that's playing in the top half of quarterbacks in the nfl this year which is pretty phenomenal especially when you pick a guy in the second round you have the top rookie wide receiver to come out since since probably larry fitzgerald Think about it. As a rookie, how good A.J. Green has been this year. I mean, and uh, you got a great defense, and nobody in Cincinnati even notices it. They have no idea what's going on. After they, all I, the years of supporting mediocre and less football. Uh, David, I, I might be wrong about this, but I've heard they have not had a sellout this whole year, which means that no one in Cincinnati has watched a game unless you buy the well, ticket, last, which costs you $250. Last week they had a sellout, no, right? Because no, they, 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 gave, no, they, they had no, a two-for-one giveaway. That's this week they ah, did the two-for-one. There you go. This week, so they wouldn't be blacked out for this game. Oh, so this is the first sellout yes. all year. So yes. you got some. you got some nine-year-old kid who – is not sure what he wants to do with his life. Trust me, when I was nine years old, all of a sudden Walter Payton was in front of me. I fell in love with football. All those kids in Cincinnati that right now could be coming Bengal fans because they're finally good, and how long is this going to last? They have no idea what's going on. The hell is wrong with those Cincinnati fans? Come on. They hate the, they, they hate the ownership. Uh, They've had know. it with the ownership. It's not the team. It's the ownership. Now, they hate the ownership. Do you remember uh, the Bears being blacked out in the early 80s a couple times? Right during the Neil Armstrong era. I remember right Ugh. When I was no, getting into really. football, that that happened, and it was like after the strike in '82, and I remember they didn't bl- they decided to lift the blackout ban because so many people were upset about the strike that they didn't come back. That was just when TV even installed the blackout thing, so it was still a whole yes, controversy yes. at that point. So that uh, yeah. that was huge, and that's how I learned. And the NFL has not changed that rule ever. It's been the same. And, and basically, the rules have to sell up by Thursday. And then, then we watched the Neil Armstrong Chicago Bears play. And we were all like, black it out! Yes, that was Please, yeah. black, bring back the blackout! Oh, the Neil Armstrong years. That's By, by the way, he found out good. he, he only good. knew two phrases. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. Walter Payton left, Walter Payton right. That's all he knew. The they, only... When they fired him, how would you feel about being fired? Walter Payton left. <laughs> what do you mean he left the building? Walter Payton right. Oh, he was right? What? That's all he knew. 
Four years, that's all he said as a the coach. The only guy I know who could actually make a Lovey Smith press conference seem exciting. By the way, did you see the Lovey Smith conf- press conference the other day when it became feisty, exciting? A little testy. Did you see it, David? Somebody asked him, is Mike Martz going to be back next year? And Lovey Smith stopped, his eyes wide open, but I swear you could hear the passion in his voice. He's, what kind of question is that? And a good one. Because Lovey, uh, if it isn't for Mike March, you I, might have won at least one more game this doesn't season. Doesn't matter. I agree with Lovey. That's not an appropriate question. You're getting ready for the Minnesota Vikings final game of the season. I don't think that's a good question to ask. I well, just it's funny that you go that way. I'm going to go with absolutely appropriate because Lovey Smith. If there's any person in the city in your corner more than me, there isn't. Maybe your wife is, okay, but I want you back as a coach of the Chicago Bears. But only if you're willing to admit this. Your offensive coordinator is a bum, and he's got to be fired. And if, if Lovey Smith doesn't see that, then he's got to go, too. And uh, I, I'm, okay. that's why I feel. Very quickly, getting to the beat the smallest mm-hmm. football yep, picks. I'm going to pick three games that count, Big Dog, kind of taking your uh, lesson in life here. Going to not take the easy way out, go with the hard games. Chiefs at the Broncos. KC Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. Broncos playing for real KC. Playing for pride, I'm going to take the Denver Broncos. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they come through, and we will see Tim Tebow in the playoff. Oakland and San Diego, another big game with playoff implications. Chargers playing for pride. Raiders at home favored by three. They'll win it by eight. Oakland's going to take it home and go to the playoffs. My friend, Cowboys and the Giants, 7-20 on Sunday night. I don't know why, but I got me a feeling the Dallas Cowboys on the road with a semi-injured Tony Robo are going to find inspiration. I think the Cowboys knock off the Giants in a semi-shocker. Uh, they, they don't need to find in, inspiration. What Jason Garrett has to do is find the plays on the playbook that starts with twos, threes, fours, and fives. What I mean is he needs to run the football in Dallas. That's, that's what, Tony Romo is awesome when you can run the ball a little bit. And when it ends up being Tony Romo go win the game, he, he doesn't look that great. Well, but they had injuries. Felix Jones injured and the kid out of Oklahoma. Yeah, DeMarco Murray's done for the season. Who? DeMarco Murray. He's done for the year. Yeah. So Felix had... Jones is banged up. Hopefully he'll play. But Felix Jones, he had three consecutive 100-yard games. He was coming off the best stretch he's ever been. And all of a sudden, he's been questionable. So, so he, But who came in for Felix Jones? Because he I'm, was good. I'm trying to think of the... They released a star choice. I'm trying to think of the kid's name. He played really well yeah, in their weeks. last game. Do you, do you know who it is, David? It doesn't matter. Okay, but yeah, he, he right. played. their backup played well. That's Ladies and gentlemen, the big dog, Joel Redwanski, six consecutive weeks. Last week, the pressure was on David Olson. He responded. With a three and zero prediction on beat the shows, beat the schmoes. Other shows play beat the pros. By the way, you did not you did not give the line. How many points are the Cowboys getting in that game? Just wondering. Three. And uh, I'm I'm picking all college games, folks. But if I could pick two pro games, I would take the Chiefs plus three and a half, and I would take the Giants minus three. If if the if the Denver Broncos win. It's going to be because Tim Tebow forces a safety for the other team, and they win by one on the last play of the game. <laughs> Them winning by four, Coach, would be a freaking blowout. A blowout. Like 14 to 10, and you covered the spread. People are going to be like, wow, that was a comfortable win. Talk to me on Tuesday. Okay, well, so I'm going to go three college games like I always do, and I'm sticking with the Big Ten here, and I'm taking all underdogs, and I really like this. If you look at the bowl so far, the Big Ten might be a little bit better than people have given credit for this season. And I'm going to take all underdogs. Northwestern, a 10-point dog against a team that's going to give up 40 points? Go, you Northwestern fight, right? You're using a purple microphone thing okay. there, so very nice. The, the only way Northwestern does not cover the spread of 10 is if Texas A&M scores 50 points, Coach. That's not going to happen. Take Northwestern plus the 10. Woohoo! Iowa, 
Notorious. No. Iowa, no. the worst Iowa team Don't do it. in years. No. The most Stop. disappointing college football team this Stop. year, Oklahoma. No. The Please. best team in a bowl every single season, Iowa. Iowa is a 15 and a half point underdog. The only thing that worries me about this is the fact I looked at it and I'm like, how, this doesn't make any sense. And that, that's what scares me is that the only, Oklahoma should blow them up. The only thing that worries me in your prediction there is I've watched Oklahoma play this year and I've watched Iowa play. And, and look, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. O- Oklahoma should be a seven point favorite, not okay. 15 and a half. Right. So I'm going to take 15 and a half points. And I know Iowa's all banged up. They're running backs out, but I could care less. Go Big Ten. Uh, and the last Big Ten game I'm going to pick. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, Who's march right through that line. The number one scoring offense in the country, Coach, is not Oklahoma State, their third. It's not Oregon, their second. It's Houston. They scored Uh-oh. over 50 points a game this year. Uh-oh. You know what Houston has not done all season long? Played a decent defense. Oh, they played one decent defense this year was Southern Miss. They got their butts handed right back to them. The, the Penn State defensive line will maul the Houston Cougar offensive line. Houston's a seven-point favorite. The Big Ten has been totally underestimated in this bowl season. Penn State's going to blow out Houston. Blow them out. You have a whole program intent on tr- trying to prove everybody, we are Penn State, we're not a bunch of pedophiles or whatever. I'm not trying to get nasty here. That whole team has come together. They had the fight recently. Penn State blows out Houston. That's my pick of the week. Nothing like a good fight between a quarterback and a wide receiver to bring the team back. I'm with you. Again. I'm All with right. you on that. Dog, great to have you in the studio. Look on the camera, my friend. I wish everybody, as only you can do, a happy and prosperous. Hey, everybody have a very, very safe, safe weekend. Do not drink and drive. It's not worth it. Trust me. Someone who knows, get a cab. It's a lot cheaper. Ask me to call you a cab. Hey, Coach, call me a cab. You're a cab. Have a great holidays, everybody. We'll see you Tuesday. Big Dog and a Coach signing off. David Olson, producer extraordinaire as well.